Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to episode 32 of the No Huddle Store Philadelphia Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always by Elliot Shore Parks and Mark Eckel. They cover the Eagles for NJ Advanced Media, and we start counting down now the days and the weeks until the 2016 NFL Draft. Uh, just about four weeks from when we do this podcast now, the Eagles will be in the first round sitting, at least right now, with the number eight overall pick. And we're going to start our coverage and our talk about the draft with the quarterback position, which the Eagles have said they're going to take a quarterback in this draft. They expect to, but everything's been just kind of ratcheted up the last week or so with all the rumors about which type of quarterback, early or mid-round or where they go. So let's get into it right now. Elliot, we'll start with you. You had the story uh, and the piece on NJ.com on, on Monday. We're doing this podcast on a Tuesday that the Eagles did fly out. There was a report that you wrote about they flew out to California on Monday to work out Jared Goff. And then last week there were those rumors about Carson Wentz. So uh, there's a lot going on right now with the Eagles and quarterbacks, maybe more than we thought there would be. Yeah, I think in some ways the Eagles are an easy team to tie to a quarterback just because they don't have one and they are in the top 10. So in a lot of ways, you know, it's easy to to kind of speculate that they might be interested in trading up. But there's nothing speculative about flying across the country with your head coach and your general manager to work out someone who could really, I mean, I know the talk now is Carson Wentz will go number two, but I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Jared Goff could go number two. So you're, you're flying across the country to hold a private workout with the two most important decision makers in your organization to look at them. So whether or not they'll take them, I don't know. And the fan reaction to this news was kind of, well, well, they're just doing their due diligence. That's fine. And it is your, your due diligence, but who knows what that due diligence is going to lead them to. And you don't even do the due diligence. If you think you need a quarterback, I highly doubt the Packers or, Patriots are going to be working out Jared Goff. So I think if, I think it means something. Whether it means they'll take him for sure, I, I don't think that's the case. But I think it means they're open to taking him. And who knows if they who knows you know if they went there uh, and they worked him out and they fell in love with him. That certainly complicates things um, that we'll talk about. But yeah, it's gone from thinking there's no way they'll take a quarterback at number eight to I wouldn't rule it out certainly. Mark, what? How did the news from the golf uh, work out, and then last week with the Wentz stuff? How did it change your your thought process on what the Eagles might do? Because I agree with Elliot. I think most people kind of thought when they re-signed Bradford and brought in Daniel, all right, they'll take a quarterback, but it won't be at number eight. But now I think Elliot just made a good point there. I mean, are the Jaguars, who I think are at five or six with Blake Bortles, uh, are the Bucks with Winston? Are are these teams working out quarterbacks inside absolutely. the top ten? No, no, absolutely not, because it. Due diligence means you go to the combine and look at the guys and you go to their pro days and you 
you know, yeah, you're, that's do sending your, you know, going to a private workout for you. That's not due diligence. That's that's legitimate interest. And again, that doesn't mean they're going to take him. It means they have legitimate interest in taking him. A, he may be gone before they pick at eight. B, they may not be able to trade up to get him because I have no idea what they could possibly use to trade up. Um, and but when I, but this whole thing is comical. It's outright comical that how dysfunctional is this team? They have no idea. They they do everything off the seat of their pants right now. They re-sign Bradford, which. Okay, that's fine. If they think Sam, you know, maybe those last whatever many games he played that when you know those Hall of Fame games he played at the end of last year. Um, so they, you know, if they want to keep him, fine. That's that's their decision, and they did. They made a decision. We're giving him two years. Then they signed Case Daniel and make him the highest paid backup quarterback in the history of football. Even though he's never, he's not, you know, he's he's thrown one touchdown pass in six years. Okay, we'll do that too. If you, if that's your choice. That's your money. You think Case Daniel's going to be as a great backup and could step in? Because you know Bradford is going to get hurt eventually, so you do need a backup. Okay, now you want to draft another guy with the eighth pick or move up? What are they doing? What are they thinking? And the, I, w- I would make the argument right. that using that number eight overall pick is actually the biggest asset that they have. I mean, that's way more than handing out money. That's just money. I mean, you know, like that doesn't matter. It's money. Well, but I guess, I, I mean, what do you think is more valuable? The cap money they gave Bradford or the number eight overall pick? I would go number eight overall pick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, no, they I'm, don't draft I'm, top I'm, ten I'm very often. Patrick plus Daniel. I'm talking the the, the money. Right, but I think I guess my spending on quarterbacks this year is is pretty high. Well, but I guess what I'm point I'm making is if they draft a guy in the top ten, that's I might their not guy. stop. I might not stop laughing until Friday. <laughs> that's their guy, though. Like if they take Jared Goff, that's their guy. So, no, but see, none of these guys are ready to play this year. But but see, to me, that doesn't matter. Like everyone points to the. Like, all right, well, Aaron Rodgers sat for however many years. Tony Romo sat for how many, however many years. Romo wasn't even drafted. Right, Romo wasn't even drafted, right. And Rodgers was, I think, like 22 or 24 or something like that. But my, my, my point is the, the situation – first of all, every situation is different. But second of all, Brett Favre was 36 years old, I think, when they drafted when they drafted Rodgers. And I don't know if he had one foot out the door, but it was certainly being talked about. And you, and you, and you got a guy way later. I mean – the Eagles, if they take a quarterback at eight, are essentially committing to that being their guy. Absolutely. And so then it's like, well, then why'd you resign Bradford? And exactly. what, are you doing? What, what do you accomplish for them? That's what I'm saying. If they're doing things like every day they decide something different. This team is incompetent. This is a this is a organization that has no idea what they're doing. Zero. Look at the coaching search. That was <laughs> that was comical. And they wind up with a guy that nobody else wanted. Maybe yeah, not yeah. even Kansas City. Well, I mean, that I mean, guy we, now, Mark, you just mentioned the guy no one wanted. Well, that guy and Doug Peterson, it feels to me like he and uh, the offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, and even Filippo, the quarterbacks coach, they have a lot of quarterbacks now, ex-quarterbacks. Yeah, all bad. Extent, it feels quarterback, like they're – Backup quarterbacks, that's what they have, backup quarterbacks. Right, but it feels like those guys, whatever they were in the NFL, they're playing a pretty large role in this process now. I mean, like, I get the feeling, I know Harry Roseman's the guy that's making the pick here, ultimately, but Elliot, I get the feeling that if – you know, if Peterson and Reich and Filippo and all the quarterbacks they have running around there, they hired, if they say to Howie Roseman, look, Carson Wentz or Jared Goff or whatever, one of these quarterbacks is, could be a great player in the NFL, that might be enough to get Howie to say, okay, I'll go get him. Yeah, well, I, I mean, two things. Well, we should note that they haven't actually drafted Jared Goff yet. So, so I mean, they didn't, you know, they, they – but the other thing I'd say is if, if, if I'm Howie, that's what they say to me, I'd say – Why'd you say that? Why'd you say that to me about Bradford a month ago when I handed him that huge check? I mean, 
Why did I make Daniel the highest paid backup in the history of football? Right. And so that's the thing. It's like if you're Bradford and you're out in Oklahoma and you're, you're hanging out with all your money and you see the news that they worked out Jared Goff, I mean, how do you feel? What's his reaction to that? Outside of, well, I have enough money, who cares? But from like a competitive standpoint, I mean, you can't be happy to hear that they're working out one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. I mean, why do you do it if you're sure he's the guy? You've said, P- Peterson has said, we want Bradford back. I watch a tape and this is the guy I want. Howie Roseman said, we think Bradford has the skill set to really succeed in this offense. We're excited to have him back. So if, you're, if you feel that way about him, why are you wasting your time on working out a quarterback? So the question would be with that, how good are Goff and Wentz here? Goff's not, well, I'm glad, I'm glad you went there. Because, because look, if those guys, if one of those guys, and I don't know if either of them will be there at eight, and, and you mentioned what they would have to do to trade up, but I don't know what they'd have to do or, or how it would play out. But if they have the opportunity, whether it is to trade up or just sitting at eight, and one of those guys is sitting there, I think any team in the NFL, unless you have a great franchise quarterback would be silly to pass up another great franchise quarterback. Are these guys that? No, no, they're not. I mean, I don't know. I know the media is, you know, the, the people that, the, that in the media that make, that do mock drafts and, and rape players are telling you how great these guys are. In my draft series, I, I talked to three guys who I trust beyond reproach on, on their, their, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. And I will add that all three of them have, they don't need quarterbacks. The the, the three guys are they because they have very good quarterbacks on their teams. So they don't need they don't have they're not looking for a quarterback. However, they all the, the, the they don't like golf a little bit, a little bit. I mean, the small hands, the the thirteen and twenty three record in college. Uh, I, I think he's Christian Ponder. I mean, what about Doug? Doug Peterson thought Doug Peterson was a good quarterback, too, you know. He did. I, I hope he can evaluate he, those on the field better than that, then. Well, he thought he was good. He never thought he was. He thought he was good when he played. We used to say, man, this guy's – I mean, he would tell us all that, well, it was this. It was – no, you're not any good. You're, you're Doug Peterson. But, no, he thought – so I'm not trusting his value in quarterbacks. This team's – this. the bottom line is this team is heading for disaster. It's heading – it's oh, it's going to be. It's just going to. Well, here, here's here's the thing I would say. So, you know, I think a lot of the among Eagles fans, at least, a lot of the talk of trading up for a quarterback is kind of piggybacking off of last year when it was you know move up for Mariota. If 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 you if you can get the franchise guy, you do it. And there was, I mean, again, no situations are the right same. La- last year was completely different. First of all, Marcus Mariota is a way better quarterback prospect than any of these guys. Second of all, you had Chip Kelly as your head coach who had that tie to Mariota. So that was a different difference as well. In this, the, the, in this case, I don't think they're – I think they're better off taking any, like, you know, an offensive lineman or a cornerback in number eight. And I don't think there's a big difference between the guy you're going to get at number eight at quarterback is like – you know, a guy you'll get in like Kevin Hogan late in draft or Cardell Jones. I mean, whoever you're going to draft is going to have to be developed, and Peterson's going to have to spend time developing him. Sorry, if you want to take a quarterback and develop him, fine. But don't waste the biggest asset you have this offseason. If you really, the Eagles are building like they want to win next year. Can we, can we agree on that? I mean, yeah. bringing back Bradford, you know, they're not getting rid of the veterans to a certain degree. I know they got rid of D'Amico. Uh, Murray was just to get rid of him. But regardless, I think the Eagles expect to compete next year. Now, you can. We, we've talked about what, you know, competing means, but I think they expect to compete. If you're going to expect to compete, you don't draft a quarterback right. with the first pick. You use that because 
even outside of if, if he's your guy or not, that's still an asset where you could help the team elsewhere. You could take Vernon Hargraves and potentially have yourself a shutdown cornerback. You could take, uh, you know, Ronnie Stanley or Jack Conklin and have your tackle of the future and, at least with Conklin, someone who can play guard right now. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think taking a quarterback at number eight makes sense, especially – I know, Joe, you're, you're bigger on Carson Wentz than, than me and Eckel are, but I, I don't – I just don't think anybody's worth it. Like, if, if Mariota was in this draft and you had Sam and the Eagles, right? If either of those guys were in this draft, right? And you know, the Eagles were in the exact same situation. New head coach had re-signed Bradford and Chase, had Chase Daniel. I'd say I don't care. Just go up and get this guy because if you have the chance to do it, you get him. You get the franchise quarterback, and I don't care. Just let you can cut Bradford and eat the dead money. I don't care, or just let him play. But but I don't think any of these guys, and I could be wrong. Who knows? I think I don't think any of these guys are worth the damage it would do to A on wasting that asset and B, I mean, realistically, imagine how awkward that quarterback room is gonna be. You have Sam Bradford, who is only I think he's what, 26, 20, is like 28 or something like that, right? He still thinks he has a bright NFL future ahead of him. You have Chase Daniel, who thinks he should start, and then you're gonna have a rookie who's who, who knows in reality who knows he's the guy. Right. So that's just a terrible situation. Uh, I mean, I would love it for writing standpoint. But but realistically, that's not a situation you want for over a guy who you're not even sure who who is not the f- surefire prospect. Well, here's no, I a- think it's it's interesting because I, yeah I like Wentz and I I just look at him and I look I'll be fair I, honest I didn't watch much North exactly. Dakota State I don't think anybody did but you, I just look at him and I see a guy that I see tools there but uh, you brought up a good point that I wonder how much Howie Roseman has to think about this I mean he should and I'm sure he is but like how much does it play into draft night if Howie well, Roseman rates and that whole room rates Carson Wentz or Jared Goff as you just uh, above all the other prospects at number eight there's just he's the best player on the board compared to you know what it would do to the quarterback room what it might do to the team and, and what the direction is next year I mean Mark for you how much does that play into it what it would do to the locker room even if they say you know what this is the best prospect right now and the quarterbacks on our roster you know, they're far from proven franchise quarterbacks. It's not like you're drafting a guy at eight to sit behind Tom Brady. I mean, you, like, th- there's a chance that guy would play soon. Yeah, well, all right. If I'm sitting at eight, and because I'm not moving up, if I'm so, so I'm sitting at eight, and Wentz and or golf, or the one that my scouts happen to think is better than both of them is Paxton Link. That's the guy. Yeah, I like Lynch too. So that's, that's another topic altogether. All but if, if, my board and, and my scouts and everybody has whoever as the best player on the board at number eight. I take him. I'm I'm all I've always been about taking the best player at on the board because you just it, that's how you get in trouble when you don't. But when you reach for a need, um, a, 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 you know, let's look back. Danny Watkins. They, the Eagles needed a guard. They had to have an offensive lineman. They had it, and they took Danny Watkins, and we saw you know, then they, they still needed one. So, I mean, See, I would I would disagree with that. I mean, I I'm all I agree with this. With I mean, the, you have I, to, I mean, again, it depends on if it's close. I mean, if if you have, let's just let's just use Wentz as a, as an example. If Wentz is your highest rated guy, but he's only slightly ahead of Hargraves, then I think I got to go Hargraves because it fills a bigger immediate need. Um, but if, if if he's clearly above, if if I mean, how he's on a record is saying he only he thinks there's only ten good players in the draft or something, right? Yeah which is crazy too, but, um, you know, and I mean, I guess there's still going to be two of them or at least three there. If there's 10 good players, well, in his mind, what if the three are are all quarterbacks? Well, but but I guess what I'm saying is I think there's a difference between taking the best available player, like, 
Like, if I have the best guards in the league and the, the player that's there at number eight's a guard and he's your best player, then fine, take him. I agree with that philosophy. But I just think there's a difference. Like, there's just a big difference between taking a quarterback and taking any other position in, in the first round. Or really, and especially in the top ten. Like, like if you take that quarterback in the top ten, that's your guy. You're committing to him yeah, no, yeah. Matter, you're, no matter what. But my, but my point is, if you take Hargraves, he can, you know, slowly command or whatever. And, like, I mean, it's, it, it is the same type of pressure, but it's just different. I mean, you, you're labeling somebody a franchise. You're labeling him as a potential franchise quarterback. So in that, degree, in that way, what I, I guess what I'm saying to Joe's question is, if, if I get to number eight and Goff is the best player on my board by a considerable margin, I don't care. I'm not taking them because, and you know, I don't think Bradford's the answer, but if, if you're, if you're going to commit to Bradford and I just, but you might live to regret that, Elliot, you might, you might, but you, you, you made that decision when you signed Bradford, in my opinion, you, you made that two years. decision. You only gave him two years, but, but like, all right, so let's say, all right, so let's say Bradford's really good for two years, right? Which in theory, the Eagles think he's going to be, right. if you give him that money, you think he's going to be good, right? right? So let's say Bradford's good for the next two years. Well, then what do you do at the end of two years? You just let him walk? You, yeah. you treat, you, well, then what was the, what was the point <laughs> of – like, then what did you accomplish for two years? That, well, that's a different argument. I would never have re-signed Bradford. Right, but, that, but this but is they, the reality I, they're I, in I, right now. That's, that's my point. They don't know what they're doing. If I'm – again, I'm not a general manager of the league. I'm not – you know, but put me in that spot. My plan would have been before we re-signed Bradford, let's – do we want one of these quarterbacks? Let's decide right now. Well, Are they we- had to make that decision. I mean, they they had to. I'm in theory. Plenty, Bradford would be signed. Don't, you don't make this. You don't make your first pick in the draft based off what he does at the stupid combine or these dumbass pro days or any of this other nonsense. You do it off what he did in, for for three years of playing college football. Right. That's so the, right. Right. The, so so maybe they've already made their evaluations known before they re-sign Bradford. Listen. Guys, let's go. Do we resign? Do we want any of these guys? No, none of them are good enough. Okay, then we're resigning Sam and move on. Or maybe they maybe they didn't know if they had the the ability, even moving from thirteen to eight, to even be in the conversation for these quarterbacks. So they were just trying to hedge themselves, and that's why Bradford's here. I mean, that that could be a possibility too. I mean, it, but like they, they they were working on that on that deal. Around the same time, though, right? Come on. I mean, but who knows? Who knows if they're going to take a quarterback? But I, I guess all, all I'm saying is, again, like, why? Like, why do you work them out if you're not at least a little? If you're not, in, if you're not, if you're not contemplating it, and I don't think it's even something they should be contemplating. I mean, and that's the alarming part. If we were doing this a week ago, I don't think a. I don't think we would even be talking about it. And I would have never. If you asked me a week ago, are the Eagles going to take a quarterback? In the draft, I would have said, yeah, probably third round, maybe, maybe with that high fourth round pick. Right? Right. That's kind of, I think that's kind of what we all thought. Yep. And I kind of still want to think that, but this whole flying out to, and like, like I said, this wasn't, this isn't due diligence. This isn't, this is legitimate. Well, and this is the other thing. Everyone wants to compare it to different situations, and you can run through them all. Like people say, well, oh, well, the Redskins took Kirk Cousins when they took RG3. The well, Kirk Cousins was, right, Kirk Cousins was a late round pick, and RG3 was on his rookie deal. So that's fine. You get somebody to compete with RG3. I already discussed the Aaron Rodgers, the Aaron Rodgers, Brett, Brett Favre thing. Another thing someone pointed out to me yesterday was the San Diego Chargers had Drew Brees, and then they drafted Phillip Rivers. Well, Drew Brees was on his rookie deal, and he ended up leaving the next year. So really, this is another. It's another example Brees, of Brees was hurt. 
Yeah, Breeze left, right? That's what right. But he and on that one, he was two and nine as a starter the year before they draft. They draft, you know, the whole Eli Rivers trade, and then he, I guess he, he part of the reason he won the job was because Rivers held out for more money in camp. Exactly. He he held the job, and he went eleven and four, and they went to the playoffs, and they were like, "Oh, well, I guess he's playing now." In every situation you you point to, except for the RG three one, which is different, the guy that they when you draft a guy that high, he's taking over the job. That's just a fact. That's what's going to happen. So if they take a quarterback in the top 10, Bradford's gone. That or it's a complete waste of a pick, and you're going to end up trading this rookie in two years for a third-round pick or something like that. So if they take a quarterback in the top 10, I don't want to hear anybody saying, oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. No. If they take someone in the top 10, that's the quarterback. That's their guy. So if, and that's fine. If that's what they want to do, fine, do it. But then don't act like signing Bradford was, was not a mistake because you're not accomplishing anything with him at quarterback. You might as well just have Chase Daniel start. I guess the only way to wash their hands of this would be, and again, we're not just because just because they have interest doesn't mean they're going to get them either. Right, it's just all all preface that. But let's just say it does play out, and then at number eight they take off or Wentz, whichever one, or Lynch for that matter. Who knows? Um, and Bradford has a decent year this year, not great, not but you know a good year. Could they could they trade him then? And get, Maybe get a first round pick next year, and then you have Goff as your guy or Wentz as your guy, and you get a first round pick. Now you have two, and now you go into next year's draft with two first round picks. It could. I mean, they certainly could. I mean, the funny part is we all agreed a few minutes ago that we thought the the process would be, and they've said it. I mean, Peterson said it. They're going to take a quarterback in this draft. It just none of us really thought after the Bradford thing that it would be a first round pick. But like the the Seahawks example you mentioned there, Elliot, and everyone uses that one because they traded for Charlie Whitehurst, they signed Matt Flynn, and then they drafted Russell Wilson in the third round, and they just they went to camp and let the chips fall the way they were going to, and Russell Wilson ended up winning the job because he was the best one, and, and they've been good ever since. It's, it's funny because that seems to be what the Eagles kind of want to do here, except the whole thing feels like it changes if it's the eighth pick. Like if they take yeah. Cardell Jones or Dak Prescott in the third right. round and they do the same thing that the Seahawks did, no one, like, everyone's going to be like, yeah, that's a really smart idea, but they do it in the first round and everyone's going to just freak out. Well, it's like yesterday, um, I'm on Twitter and I say, I, I bring up the point that, well, if they don't take, if they take a quarterback at eight, that means they can't address another need with that pick. And someone right. goes, well, they, well, they have other picks. Yeah. They don't have another pick till the third round. And you can't tell me that moving from 13 to eight's a big deal. And then also say that, well, they'll just take somebody later. Like, no, Eight, that's the biggest pass that you have. You need to, you need, whoever you take at eight has to contribute next year. It's like yeah. Echo said yesterday. Um, so the guy you're going to pick at eight is going to be inactive all 16 games next year? Or unless maybe at most a backup? Because even if Bradford gets hurt next year, oh, well, no, but if Bradford gets hurt, Daniel's the starter. I don't think there's much dis- disputing that, right? I mean, he's the only one that knows his offense. But yeah, but I mean, that, that's my point. And look, if he turns into a franchise guy, then we'll all be wrong, and that's fine. But I still think then you made a mistake signing Bradford, in my opinion. Yes, that's the mistake. But at the end of the day, I'll say this. At the end of the day, if they take Jared Goff and he turns into Aaron Rodgers, then then we're never going to be just – it's like like your Seahawks example you just brought up, right? They, they, they end up with Russell Wilson, and so I don't think anybody ever says – you know, no one still brings up you know the Matt Flynn contract. Like, yeah, it was a mistake at the time and whatever. If this guy turns out to be really good, fine, but you better be right. That's my point. Like, you better be right. With Russell Wilson, there was room. There was wiggle room. You, you could have been wrong. If you take a quarterback in the top ten, you absolutely have to be right. You're allowed to be wrong in the third round. You right, can't right. be wrong at number eight. 
Yeah, that, that's the difference. And the, and the other difference is okay if even if Goff or Wentz, whoever they get, if they get him at eight, and he turns into being a great player, good for them, good pick, great move. But the, but I'll, I'll I'll still always say, then why did he resign Bradford? <laughs> Yeah, and I think that'd be it's fair because if you really planned on this or you thought it, then it doesn't make any sense. I mean, do you think there is an aspect that they're just trying to give themselves as many options as possible heading into the draft? What I mean by that is, if they're sitting there, they want to know what the what the guy is instead of just crossing him off the board because he's a quarterback. I mean, it's weird because a lot of teams I don't think act like that, but that part of it feels like they're just trying to make sure they they have all their options in front of them here. Like if they get to eight. And they look at Goff and they're like, wow, we really liked him and he's, he's really good. It gives yeah, them but, but the, the opportunity I, the, to at least know what they're passing up or, or, but, or choosing. You but, the point I make is, but the point I would make is, so I bought a car three weeks ago, right? Like, I'm not car shopping anymore. Like, like if someone gave me $20,000 today, I wouldn't be like, let me go see if maybe buying another car is my best option. You know what I mean? Like, you already have your guys. So, like, you have your dude, like, like it, why are you even entertaining the option? Like, I see your point, Joe. Like, all right, well, let's go see what Jared Goff's all about. Like, you know, we'll let Doug Peterson do something, right? Like, I get, I get all that, but I'm just saying, like, like why are you even entertaining it? Because you shouldn't do it. So it's not sold on Radford, right? Exactly. And, but then why? But the, the, the point is, that's my point. Million? Well, it all goes back to that. Elliot, you shouldn't have bought the car. <laughs> yeah, but I already got the car, so it's like you know what I mean. So maybe it's going to break down in week seven, but until then, I'm at least pretend like it's a car I like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I'm saying. You, like you shouldn't you shouldn't give Bradford twenty two millions. Like I said yesterday, if you didn't think Bradford, if you if you think Bradford's a guy, you don't work out golf. If you don't think Bradford's a guy, you shouldn't have resigned him because you don't resign mediocre quarterbacks. Like it's not worth it. You're you're better off bottoming out. So again, that's like, the mistake. That right. we, I think we, I think we've all come we've all gotten there from different roads, but we've all landed in the same spot. The mistake if they're if they're looking for a quarterback, the mistake was resigning Bradford. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. All right. Let me ask you guys this. Like, if we get to, if you guys are there, uh, I think April 28th is the first round of the draft. So um, let's just pretend for a second. I'm not sure where you guys are going to be covering it actually at the draft. Novacare. We'll be at okay, the Novacare. So all right. Perfect. So you're at Novacare on the 28th. And the pick comes down, and they're at eight, and somehow either Goff or Wentz falls to them. Let's just use Goff because they just worked him out. And they draft him. What do you think the, the first time – that Howie comes trotting out afterwards, or you get the opportunity to ask him a question. I mean, what is what do you think the company line is after what we just heard? He'll he'll say this. I know exactly what he'll say. He'll say he was the best player on our board. We always said we were open to taking the best player. You could never have too many quarterbacks. All the good teams in the past have had multiple quarterbacks. You know, Bradford's our guy. We you know we'll let this guy develop, which gives us a good opportunity. You know, to just increase the position, blah blah. And then someone will say is Bradford the starter, and he'll say yes, and then that'll be it. That, that'll be exactly what they'll then, say. Then the follow-up is, so you're okay with your, the eighth pick in the draft being the third, your third-string quarterback? For, <laughs> that's my question. Doug, you're okay with your, the eighth, eighth best player that you could have, anybody you could have had. You're okay going through the entire year with him probably not taking, unless something bad happens, him not taking a snap all, all season. You're okay with that. How do you guys think it would go over in the locker room? We talked about the quarterback room a few minutes ago. which would Not really, well. Not yeah, I mean, the quarterback room would be awkward because you have three guys. You have a, a starter. You have a guy who wants to be a starter. And you have a guy that everyone would assume and know is the future starter. So that would be awkward. But what about the other guys? I mean, they've no, look, all seemingly kind of jumped on board with Bradford's the guy and we're going to try yeah. to win next year. What would? How do you think that would be, Elliot? I, I mean, look, like – 
Whatever, whatever I think of Bradford is what I think. But I'll tell you right now, when I talk to players that I'm close to on the team, they absolutely love Bradford. And I mean, look, like, I don't know how many of our listeners follow Jordan Matthews on Snapchat, but he, him and Zach Gertz just spent the last week out in Oklahoma hanging, living at Bradford's house, working out with him, you know, going golfing, like doing all these things. Like Bradford's close with the key members of this offense. So if the rookie comes in, like, I mean, if you're Jordan Matthews and Zach Ertz, what do you think? Are you looking at Bradford as now he has one foot out the door? Are you looking at, are you siding with Bradford and making it like awkward around the rookie? Like, I mean, like, how do you, how do you handle that? And so I, I think in that way, it, it sends confusing messages. Like, how can you be a leader if you're Bradford? Like, how are you going to have those famous shower meetings and do all this talking and whatnot, knowing your replacement standing like two feet away? Right? I mean, it undermines Bradford if you take this guy. Well, comparing it to the Far Rogers thing, which isn't even a good comparison because Far no, is not fan. right. But, but, <laughs> but they drafted a young quarterback while they still had their hall right. in place. Bradford is—I mean, at twenty-four, you though put, you can't even put Brad Brett Favre and Sam Bradford in the same sentence. But that the Packer players and Favre in particular were upset with the Rogers pick. Because the Packers, like I think it was 24, 24. Packers were a good team. They were a playoff team when they made that pick. Obviously, that's why they were picking so low. They wanted, like, give us that guy to get us, you know, whatever their biggest need was that year, a wide receiver or a, a, a defensive back, whatever it was, was number one. Oh, my God, we're passing all the, you know, we're taking a quarterback. He ain't going to help us. get. We need to get that and take that next step to win the Super Bowl. And they're taking a backup quarterback. Like, the players, I, I know that for a fact, the Green Bay Packer players, kind of rolled their eyes and were not and, and Brett and if you remember the the history of Favre and Rodgers like Favre never helped Rodgers not like yeah Rogers, he learned by watching Favre and, and being in a meeting but he never so I mean there was animosity there right from right from day one and if I'm Bradford I wouldn't help oh if I'm golf I don't want Bradford help yeah want. that's a good point <laughs> but but that's another – I mean, yeah, it's not – that would not – I mean, again, if the Eagles think they're a competitive team next year, Vernon Hargraves would help them compete more than Gary Goff. Um, you know, Jack Conklin, Ronnie Stanley, any anybody, almost anyone besides a quarterback would help more in 2016. And you got to look at it. Players don't look at – players aren't looking down the road. Players can – their careers can end any day. They could get traded any day. They could get – you know, guys that are – like. Fletcher Cox is on a, has one year left on his contract. You think he cares about what, what happens to the Eagles in 2018? No, he wants to win next year. Right, that's not the way they're wired. They're wired just to think about the coming season and just playing uh, and, and trying to win next year. All right, let's wrap with this. Let's let's finish with this. I mean, there is – would we all agree there's a, a very high likelihood, uh, whatever, 90%, 100%, a very high percentage, they will take a quarterback somewhere within the, the NFL draft this year? They yes. say they are. Okay, so yeah, they said they are. So we all think uh, – take them at their word, they're going to take one. What percentage chance would you put it now, you know, after this whole conversation we had, after the news of the last week, you know, starting last week with the rumors about they might shut up for Wentz and then the fact they actually hopped on a plane on Monday and went to go see Goff. What percentage would you put it now that that quarterback arrives in the first round? And that could mean a trade up. It could mean sitting back at eight. It could mean whatever you want it to mean. But – Percentage chance that it actually happens in the first round. Elliot, we'll start with you, and then we'll wrap with Mark. 15%. It's not zero, though. It's not no, high. it's definitely it's... not zero. No, I mean... Oh, that low. I just... 
I can't imagine they'd be that stupid. So, I mean. <laughs> oh, I can. <laughs> 15% would be my. Really? Yeah. Oh, I got higher than that. I, I was going to say between 30 and 4. I'll say 35. Wow. I mean, wow. If it, that's not, well, it's still less than half. <laughs> Yeah, but it's still, a, it's still a big number for a team that has two veteran quarterbacks on the roster. That but They flew out to California yesterday. Oh, I know. Whatever it was. I mean, they didn't do that. I mean, they, they weren't going to Disneyland, right? <laughs> At least I don't think so. It seems like they were going to see Jared Gupp. All right, so. Yeah, the fact they did that, that's worth something right there, I think. It is. Well, it's certainly worth at least double-digit percentage from both of you. So 15, 35, 40, whatever it is, uh, it, it's a number I didn't think we didn't expect a couple weeks ago. No, so, no, no, not. Last week I would have told you zero probably. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Zero or, or very, very slim chance. And now it feels like that has changed. So we'll talk more about this as the weeks go on. I'm sure there will be more you know, rumors and just different aspects of this thing as we get closer to the NFL draft. We'll start breaking down the different aspects of the number eight pick, the whole draft, offense, defense. We'll do that over the next few episodes, uh, just about four weeks away from the first round on April 28th. So uh, we'll be here every week until then, uh, making sure we cover this draft and what the Eagles might do. Elliot, as always, thanks for doing this. Yep, talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Joe. And thanks to all of you for listening to episode 32 of the No Huddle Show. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter at the No Huddle Show. Send us questions, uh, feedback on the episodes, and you can, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, however you want to listen, you can listen to the No Huddle Show. We'll be back next week talking to Eagles Draft.